Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Duncan Thompson. Duncan is the group CEO of Kick On Group Australia. Welcome to the podcast, Duncan. Hi, Johnny. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. And uh, first of all, can you tell everyone, all of our listeners, many of who, uh, many of whom are outside of Australia, um, tell us about Kick On Group Australia and, and also what you do in your role as group CEO. Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, Kick On Group Australia is a, um, a national hospitality company. Um, we currently own um, a range of uh, venues. Um, the, the range from everywhere from large scale pubs to sort of uh, small precincts, restaurants, bars, a little bit of gaming, um, some accommodation. Um, and we're certainly a, uh, well, Kick On Group was sort of formed just about 12 months ago um, and acquired um, a small group of venues and have since been on a bit of an acquisition pathway um, since then. So a big part of my role is obviously to oversee the the current operations. We, each business is set up as its own entity. Um, so each entity has a you know general manager and a pretty strong management structure around that. So. It's really around what we refer to our business governance, which is, you know, just good financial planning. Um, but we have three key traffic lights that we track. Um, the most important for us is our team engagement survey. Um, so team engagement, we track pretty heavily on a weekly basis. Um, and that's without doubt our number one focus. The second main traffic light is our customer service. And then the third is, is finance. And some people kind of question me and go, oh, it seems a bit back to front, but um, we feel like if you can get your people right and you can serve your customers right, you know, then the, the finances will, will start to um, will work and work themselves out. So um, we've spent a lot of time building that structure and working through internally with, with my other directors about what we want the company to be. And, and therefore that creates a bit of a foundation for growth. So really key focus for me over the next two or three years is seeking acquisitions that we look at um, in sort of two or probably three portfolios, to be honest, is one, which is the acquisition of existing venues that we think we can sort of take over, um, enhance physically, um, you know, with, with a, a refurb and apply our sort of business um, structure to it um, to in increase profitability. Uh, the, the second um, stuff we're doing a lot of work in is sort of green sites where we partner with a developer um, and usually those are the larger kind of footprint where there might be hotel uh, multiple sites within a, within a precinct. So we've got a few of those on, on the go that would probably take well, two or three years to, to develop. And then the other part to our portfolio is what we call scalable and saleable. So that's keeping an eye open for sort of concepts that we think we might be able to replicate, uh, grow reasonably quick and then sort of sell part of, part of that off. So. It's, uh, it's been an exciting time. I mean, we, we sort of uh, really spent a lot of time throughout COVID when the industry was obviously pretty, pretty hit pretty hard and 
I don't know, we're, we're sort of glasses half full type, type operators. So we really felt that was a great opportunity to, to spend time internally building what we feel is our structural pillars and our cultural pillars of our company. So then when we come out of COVID, which we are now, we're, we're really geared up to, um, to grow and have an exciting growth phase yeah. ahead of us, which has been good. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And, um, yeah, particularly incredible what you are doing and what you've been doing, um, uh, you know, as a group in light of, like you said, um, COVID and, uh, and now starting to come out of COVID. So exciting times ahead. Well, well, let's jump into your story. I, I want to start with your childhood and growing up, Duncan. I'm interested to know, are there any moments or even themes from that season in your life that really shaped you into the person and the leader you are today? Um, yeah, look, good, really good question. I think thinking about it um, and when you put it in context of, a, of leadership, I mean, I think I grew up in a pretty sort of happy, you know, I was quite lucky with, with my childhood, but mum and dad were always very kind of focused on, you know, pursue what makes you happy. So, and I think that made me a little bit sort of glasses half full that I've touched on before, sort of happy-go-lucky kind of kind of kid that was willing to, to try anything, uh, whether it be sport or drama at school or whatever. And I think that sort of foundation has sort of um, stayed with me in my professional career when someone throws an opportunity at me or a, or a challenge, you know, I sort of jump at it. Um, you know, sometimes it's been, been not a great thing, but, but uh, more often than not it has. So I think when it comes to leadership the style that has really resonated with me uh, around that is really that kind of proactive positive um um you know sort of empathetic approach where you're always looking for the best out of people so sure you know you might have a um, some some staff that are struggling or not performing very well but let's let's take that on board as feedback for us as perhaps we failed them as leaders and what, how can we develop them and what can we do to turn them around before we start, you know, work, working down the um, performance um, management cycle. So I think a lot of it's just the environment that I kind of grew up in was, was quite supportive for me to try things and, and take a few risks, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always interesting to me what comes out when, and and like you said, obviously some of your personality and your perspective, which is it sounds like has even been uh, pivotal in the past couple of years with the you know with the with um you know with the group and what you're doing has really come out of that um, you know like you said the the way your parents viewed the world. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm interested to know. In terms of leadership opportunities, as you reflect, Duncan, can you think of one of the first opportunities you had in life that you you think back to and go, oh, yeah, I guess that was a leadership opportunity. You were in the deep end casting vision for something or maybe it was when you were really young, or, you know, in a team or sport or, um, or, you know, where you were managing people for the first time. What comes to mind? Um, yeah, look, I mean, I was obviously pretty pretty passionate sportsman when I, when I was younger and, and pretty competitive on, on that side of things. But I think when, from a professional point of view, I think in hospitality, it's one of those industries that's easy to get into when you leave school, whether you're unsure or, you, or it's a part-time job with, with uni and it's, and it's fun, you know, like you, you meet great people, you have lots of fun times in a bar, you sort of um, work hard, play hard kind of scenario. But but then you get to a certain point where you think, well, you know, I've either really got to 
get out of this in- industry um, or or I've got to take it seriously. Um, and I think for me probably there was a moment where I was probably in that stage where sort of, you know, working in bars and working late night and sort of enjoying life as a, as a young young person. But um, I got a phone call out of the blue of someone that said, look, I've got an opportunity, you know, um, I'd love you to come down and, and run this large venue as our as our general manager. And I'd never really thought about being a general manager before. And I just said, yes, it sounds great. And I remember distinctly being on the plane, you know, when the pilot sort of, you know, puts the accelerator down, the plane's about to take off and I just sat back in my seat like, holy hell, what am I, what am I doing? I don't know how to do this. And, you know, you have that, um, you know, that, that moment of fear, but, um, you know, I thought, well, too late now, I've already accepted, I'm, I'm on my way in. So I just sort of went in there um, full of gusto and confidence and, and just sort of did what I felt was right in terms of if I was a staff member, how would I want to be treated? And that was probably sort of how I, how I started, um, just by kind of <laughs> taking the first opportunity that was thrown at me, <laughs> I guess. I always think that's encouraging, though, to those listening who might be, in you know they're they're more in a role where they're wanting to lead and they haven't and, and so often we think okay what are, what are the what are the steps like the perfect linear path i need to take to be to become a great leader and that's it's, it's almost never the case every now and then someone has that sort of story where you go oh yeah that that is pretty textbook but most people i'm always surprised mm-hmm. how often it is a case of well someone said how about <laughs> how about you be a general manager i went yeah okay yeah. and then i got on a plane and thought what have i done and um and then yeah. again probably some of the biggest learning uh you know moments of your life as you you know started leading people which is i, I think it's just one of the most challenging parts of any business yeah, it is. I mean, I think you know, um, I think it's a Richard Branson quote where he talks about something along the lines of, I mean, I get it exactly right, but it's like the, the next time someone offers you an opportunity and you're not sure how to do it, say yes and work out how to later. Mm. You know, I mean, some people might say that's a bit naive and you could stumble and fall, but I think, um, you know, so much of it is just sort of that confidence to go, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give it a go because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Yeah. Um, you know, I think... It, as long as you go into it with the right mindset with a view of I, I want to be good in this role and I want to be a good leader and I want to um, be successful for the group or the individual that I'm working for, I'm, I would pretty much back anybody to say if you're going with that mindset, any hurdle or challenge or, or problem that you face, there's enough resources and support out there to work out how to get through it. Um, but if you go in there too too cocky or too arrogant as if you know everything or then I think that's when people sort of stumble, which is probably why, you know, we've all sort of grown up and worked with good people and bad people and you, know, you probably learn as much from the bad leaders as you do <laughs> the good ones when you finally get to that position because you go, oh, shit, I don't want to be like that because yeah. I remember how that made me feel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I, I'd have to say... If you did a in-depth survey of all leaders around the world and looked at the things they've most deeply learned, you, I, I would I would guess that most of the real deep, like I'm talking that deep learning where you go, I am never going to, or I, I will always prioritize. So much of that, I think, comes from personal pain. Often when we've experienced other leaders and we've just looked on and gone, okay. Oh, you know, I think often even being in the shoes of the person who's on the team who feels disempowered or feels ignored and anonymous and you go, I will never make my team feel like that. I, I think you're right. I think it is 
as a rule, I think we often learn more across the board from those, like you said, bad leaders than we do from the good. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I, I look back on some of, um, you know, what I would call the highlights of, of the leadership I've done. And a lot of it is when you've you've turned someone around. It's not necessarily about the, the superstars that have worked for you that are smashing their budget or just being amazing. Like They're always great to work with, of course, but sometimes you've got a, you know, a troubled kid or uh, might have mm. come from a challenging background or they're just not performing well and you actually invest a bit of time and then all of a sudden you start to see the development, the self-confidence, the growth, and then they end up, you know, achieving great things. That's the stuff that I go home and, you know, pat myself on the back and go, wow, that, that was really cool. Um, yeah. Think, that, you know, those, those moments, they stick with you. I think that's, and you know what, I think that is a big point of difference in every industry, but particularly hospitality. I think if you can do that, I, I, I think there are the opportunity, there's so many um, people who step into jobs in hospitality and are, and are assuming they're going to go and do something else, a bit like your story. And if you can really invest in them and really like, um, because I, I'm guessing there'd be a lot of amazing, uh, say, you know, people with, with a great future in business who wouldn't put two and two together and necessarily think that hospitality could be the pathway to business. They just may not put those two and two together. So you're not only doing the right thing by them, you're not only doing great things for your team, but I'm guessing as you invest in those, not just your superstars, but also really investing in um, some of the, you know, getting alongside some of the people who need that extra time and maybe need that extra effort to really help them learn some stuff. Maybe they didn't learn it in family of origin or, or whatever, and they're learning for the first time some things about how to how to act or how to run a or be part of running a business. I think sometimes you're growing some of your best leaders down the track and um, in every industry, but particularly hospitality. I think that's an opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I had one, one guy um, who was just not working out in one of our venues a few years ago and I was like, okay, I was working with a different company then and I, it just wasn't gelling with, with the staff. The staff weren't gelling with, with him and, um, you know, and anyway, I, I went to our managing director. I said, look, this, I just need to get a redundancy package for this kid and, and move him on and he said, look, no, no problem, Duncan, I'll, I'll approve that. He said, on one condition. So what's that? He said, well, just spend two weeks with him. And then if after those two weeks he's still no good, bad attitude, bad culture, not performing, et cetera, et cetera, then no worries, you know, make him redundant. I was like, well, what's two weeks going to do? He goes, he just needs you. I was like, well, oh, I don't really know what that meant. But anyway, long story short, I, I you know, <laughs> spent two weeks with him. And sure yeah. enough, he started to change and the team connected and, and that particular business, you know, went from, you know, losing wow. money to making a lot of money really, really quick. And we... We made, we got lots of awards and accolades. That was all great. But the, the the real story came many years after that. I was walking through Crown Casino with my fiance now wife, and the this particular guy came bounding out of a one of the um, um, clothing stores and was doing sort of like a PR launch. You know, gave me this big hug and how are you going? I said, Oh, great. What are you up to? He goes, Oh, I'm I'm working with this PR company now. I'm so happy. I said, Oh, that's unreal. And he goes, I owe it all to you. And I was like, we, what do, you, what do you mean you don't know it to me by working in a PR company? He goes, no, no, no. He said, you gave me the confidence to believe in myself and through that process of what we did together in that, in that venue, I realised that I didn't want to be in hospitality and that's why I wasn't enjoying it. I really wanted to go out and um, work in PR and, hmm. um, anyway, 
when he got this job and I was like, oh, and then I was walking off and my wife just gave me a little nudge and she just said, she said, that was a pretty cool moment. And I was like, wow, yeah, it was pretty cool. So sometimes <laughs> it's not the obvious like business performance. Sometimes you forget that you can actually have an impact on on people and it, all it really, I'm not saying I was, a, I was a leadership guru, but it was just time, you know, just yep. getting to know someone. <laughs> yeah, one of my mates always says that. I mean, he says it about parenting, but I think it's true in leadership as well that, you know, um, that love is spelt T-I-M-E. And, um, you know, we don't mm. like throwing the, you know, love word around too much in business. But really, people people want to people know that you care. And I guess people, like, it, it's that sense. I, I'm always interested when um, when I chat with people about great bosses they've had, they always stop. And, and there's always something about, you know, they really... Like, like in your story, there took the time. They really took the time. They really, you know, took the time to try to understand me. They took the time to go. You know what? I could rush ahead, but I'm going to stop and and help you catch up with this because I know if you get this, it's going to be really good for you. And I think that that comes out like a hundred percent of the time when people reflect on great leaders they've enjoyed working for. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. And. Um, it's the one thing that I think we need to reflect on more because we all get caught up and we have a saying in, at, at work where we just say busy is not an excuse. And it doesn't mean mm. we want our people to work harder. It just means that just sometimes you just got to stop and go, wow, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. And yeah. What's the main thing? Keep the main yeah. thing the main thing. Go, okay. You know, and I, I know in my role yeah. as, a, as a CEO, we have a, we work with a, with a business coach, which is, which is really helpful. And he's sort of saying, look, you know, some of the challenges that I've, find personally is you, you feel like oh i'm the ceo i need to, i need to know everything and he goes you don't need to know everything you just need to be informed and trust your people around you and it's okay not to be busy but but to think you know because they're relying on you to create this future and this this pathway yeah. so running around sitting in meetings being busy and then come home from work oh wow well, i had a super busy day like yeah but really what did you what did you come up with whereas sitting in a cafe having a coffee or going for a walk or walking the dog or exercise or whatever it might be and allowing your mind just to kind of go, okay, what does the next 12 months look like? What do I want to achieve um, can be um, more important and more valuable to the greater organisation than, than uh, we call it, you know, the, the busy fool syndrome. You know, you run around, you're super busy, and you, but you're not really getting much done, but you sort of are and then, you, you know, we, we see that a lot yeah. in hospitality. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, that's that's so true. Um, so speaking of um, sort of mentors, who are some of the people for you that have mentored you along the way or had the biggest positive influence on your leadership so far? Um, look, I've had, like I said, I, you know, I've had, I've, you know, I'm getting close to 50 now, so I'm sort of in that age of, you know, working through the the old school managers, you know, that were hard taskmasters and tough, and so I sort of came through that where there probably wasn't, you know, as many inspirational leaders as as what has been in my my recent times. But um, one guy in particular, a guy called Andrew Cox, who's a managing director of the Imperium Group, he um, he taught me a lot just by watching the way he worked. He was he was quite a hard task master, but also very supportive. He was really able to, um, to, and he ran multiple companies, very successful entrepreneur, but he could dive into the detail really quick and pinpoint something that was on his radar and then pull himself out of it and then get back to being that sort of 
big picture leader, which which I always admired. I and mean, sometimes it was hard because you go into his office and you'd be sort of shitting yourself a little bit because the conversation could go anywhere. But it, may, it taught me to go, so you got to know your numbers or you got to know your your, your 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 business. And it's also okay mm. if you don't know. Don't try and flub the answer. I got caught out a few times early with him trying to, and then he just <laughs> say to me, it's okay. If you don't know the answer to that, just say, I don't know, because I'd prefer you to tell me the facts and the detail than some fluffy half-assed answer. So if you don't have the facts and the detail, just say, I don't quite have that. Let me come back to you. He goes, and that's yeah. okay. So he also taught me a bit about, you know, don't just give everyone lip service, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but, but, but know your stuff. Um, yeah. There was another guy called Paul Morgan who um, yeah. in my hotel days we, we ran sort of Ridges Hotel. He was one he was one of those sort of older school big big guys with a really powerful presence. But he was one of those people that always took the time to say hi to everyone, you know. And he was the the big big dog of the company, but would know the name of the doorman or go and speak to the housekeeping ladies and stuff like that. So he taught me, you know, the power of humility and how regardless of that, it can actually be more powerful of someone who was in a role like he was, that was in charge of the whole country, the power that he would show just simply by engaging with staff that say some of the managers mm. in the hotel wouldn't normally, and they go, oh, wow, if he's doing it, I can do it. And um, those little subtleties, I think, were some really key learnings that I've um, certainly adapted. Yeah, they're great stories. Um, what about, um, you know, I had someone on the podcast once and, the, and they used this word of uh, the idea of a shift, you know, an, an aha moment where there was a bit of a shift and something something changes in how you think about leadership or think about the world. Um, can you think of any moments like that for you in your career so far where, you, where something shifted or you just had an aha moment about something in leadership? Yeah. Uh- I think probably two parts. One, I had a you know a pretty bad um, personal situation happen that kind of almost sort of broke me emotionally at one point, and and it mm. it really triggered. I remember sort of being you know upset and not sure how I could work it out, and then just something flicked in my head that said you know just solve it, um, and that sort of put me on the pathway of studying um, you know mindset and how to you know build positivity and, and, and the life that sort of led me down that pathway of yeah. not just wanting to be successful in the career but wanting to be a really good leader and wanting to understand what that looks like and what are the skills I, I need to learn. So I think wow. that trigger in my personal life really kind of flowed into my professional life. Um, and um, um, and I think probably the, an aha moment I, I had, as a lot of hospital people do, you always want to you know build your own um, business. So um, at one point, I had built my own sort of cafe and, and wine bar, which was probably my greatest, one of my greatest accomplishments, but also one of my greatest failures because you wanted to do it all yourself and it was great. But I remember that moment going, you know, wow, what, what have I done? <laughs> um, and you, <laughs> it's not just you're sitting in a meeting looking at spreadsheets, you've actually got to, you've got to yeah. deliver. Um, <laughs> so it really it the numbers got real uh i don't know if it's a word but it's like they got realer than ever before because suddenly they're your numbers and it's your bottom line and it's was that the was that yeah. where yeah 
that 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 um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's must easy have to sort in. of talk big numbers on a spreadsheet, but when when it's your own, you you really start to second guess yourself. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think that's an interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think that's a really interesting experience because that really resonates with me running my own business with um with clarity um and, and doing consulting is that that yeah just the the difference between doing say numbers for someone else and then when it's yours is it, there is a a level of uh, depth and a level of uh seriousness that, that about, about everything that really gives you a different perspective i guess yeah absolutely and i think it's been a great uh, thing for me to have in my back pocket because you're the you're the accountant, the manager, the plumber, the electrician. You're sort of the the everything, and um, every dollar makes a big big impact. I think where I where I stumbled is a lot of people do when they start their own business. They built the whole business around myself, but then that has a knock on effect into sort of family life and, and the like. But um, certainly some of the proudest and most scariest moments was was around <laughs> that you know building your own. Your, your own business, whether you, you're 100% exposed and 100% accountable. You know, you can't yeah. blame anyone. You can't yeah. say it was the market shift or this or, you know, Bob didn't get the report on time. There's nowhere to hide and you feel mm. totally uh, exposed. But that is also, you know, really kind of satisfying and rewarding to have, have gone through that. Yeah, 100%. Well, let's jump into Leadership Express. The first question for you, Duncan, what is a book that you've gifted to other people or something that you recommend? Uh, the E-Myth. There's a few of them by uh, Richard Gerber, I think. It's probably one that talks a lot about sort of the entrepreneurial spirit. He's got a really good, like for the first book's quite small, just talks about, um, you know, how to have an entrepreneurial mindset. I think that's one of... I've rattled off, rattled off a fair bit to, to others. Mm. Yeah, actually, it was funny because I, I could hear some of, I could hear some of that book in what you were just discussing, right? Around make sure you don't start a business, build it all around yourself. That's like the e myth. Um, yeah. In a in a nutshell, is how not to do that. And uh, so, yeah, when you were describing that, I was yeah, thinking of that yeah. book. So, it makes perfect sense that that book has been such a, um, yeah, and I love it. What such a great book around. And yeah, I mean, it, it's for everyone, but particularly those who are in any sort of entrepreneurial, like you said, it's really important to get that thinking from day one to try not to build it just around yourself. It, it's a great idea. Um, next question, what's a big problem or challenge that you see you know, leaders in hospitality facing today? Well, I mean, not to keep talking about the, the COVID word, but uh, there's a lot of people that are emotionally burnt out just having to deal with the pivoting and the being nimble and the change in, in um, government requirements that I think a lot of operators, especially people that have owned their own business, are and only now finding that burnout coming coming through and look you know for us we we're on the acquisition hunt so we're actually looking for those those kind of businesses and, and companies and, and we see a lot of it um because i think when you're in it and when it's all happening you're just trying to survive and you're in that model and um, people are shifting to takeaway businesses or whatever it might be but then once you kind of get out of it and you're going to move back into your normal business cycle i think that's when the the emotional impact of what we've all gone through um, 
starts to starts to hit. So, you know, that's probably yeah, I think one of the most um, worrying parts to our industry. But I think you know, if you flip the conversation, it's it's also the greatest opportunity where not not just to acquire new businesses, but there's a lot of people out there that are, that are rethinking what they have done. So having a bit of an open mind on how they can shift and change, I think, will be a will have a great impact to the to the industry. I mean, we talk about a a labour crisis and things like that, yeah. but it just it's just making us be better at recruitment. Um, you know, we yeah. we complain yeah. about not, not being able to find good staff. It's just making us be better at our onboarding and our training and. So mm-hmm. I think although lots of people are complaining about it, the, the knock-on effect will be really beneficial to the employee because all of a sudden yeah. there's a greater chance they're going to be matched with the right employer and the right employment environment. The employer mm-hmm. is going to be more committed to training and developing because people become such an important commodity, which sounds dumb to say because they should always be, but yeah. I think COVID's sort of slapped everyone in the face a little bit to say, hey, you can't take it for granted. I think a little bit with customers as well, because we've all missed going to the pub and you know getting our favourite latte and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I yep. think the two are very closely you know, aligned. What was the biggest issue is also a biggest opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's well said. Um, on a, okay, this one's a bit of a a fun one, but it could also be something serious. You can pick a movie or TV show that is a favourite of yours or really impacted you. Um, one I sort of joke about a little bit is the the old TV series called Cheers. Um, yes, that some of my staff kind of laugh at because I'm probably showing my age, but I'd use that as the example of sometimes it's just so simple. Like in that in the you know the mm-hmm. the, the the scene you know when Norm, who's the big guy that sits at the end of the bar, you know he comes into the bar and goes Norm, you know, and you go sometimes. Great customer experience can be as simple as that, just making yeah. someone feel super welcome, mm. and that's all it is. And uh, they just go, oh, yeah, bloody the cheers story. I'm like, can be that simple. <laughs> yeah, just make them feel good. And um, so, yeah, that's probably one that... You know, that's I'm great. No, no, that's... I, one of my favourite shows of all time is Frasier, which is obviously oh, yeah, um, yeah. taken out of Cheers because Frasier was yeah. one of the characters in Cheers. I, I, yes. I love um, that show and... Um, I find it hilarious and yeah but then you, you it is a bit like cheers where you try to get you try to help other people you know get on board with it and they don't always get it so um but i love uh cheers is a great recommendation for um and uh that that's awesome that you love it so much uh okay last mm. question this has been so much fun getting to it uh, to chat i've been really looking forward to chatting with you actually because we um i haven't had too many leaders in hospitality on and so i've been um, it's been great to be able to focus in a, a bit on that. But um, as we wrap up, if you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? Uh, I think be clear about the difference between confidence and cockiness. That um, mm. you, you want to be someone that people choose to follow. I like it. Yeah. And that that um, that humility, that confidence that has humility with it, not a cockiness that's afraid to be wrong or afraid to look silly. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. be the. I mean, part of us, I think, in leaders, you know, you don't mind a bit of the limelight or you know that sort of stuff. But it's also you don't. That shouldn't be the only reason to to do it. But be confident in yourself. Be confident in your people around you. But but know that 
you know, people should choose who to follow. And if you get that right, and if they choose to follow you, then I think you're, you're, you're on the right path. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a really good challenging thought for a lot of listeners to go away and think about is, is what's the difference between confidence and cockiness and where do I sit on that spectrum? Um, mm. So good. Uh, well, I want to, um, I want to just ask how can people connect with you online? Um, and if they want to find out more about the kick on group, um, you know, how can people find you and the kick on group online? Yeah, sure. Um, so they can connect through me uh, via LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty, pretty active on that as a, as a platform to, share what we're doing as a group and, and build um, the professional network and then help others as, as, as required. Um, kick on group. We've obviously got a website, kick on group, uh, .com, Um, and yeah, that's probably the easiest, easiest way, but I certainly encourage many of your listeners who want to connect personally, then reach out to me via LinkedIn. And if we can share stories and build network, or if there's anything I can do to, to help them, I'm uh, more than happy to. Love it. So good. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Such a fun episode. Um, so many great ideas and, and concepts uh, from Duncan today. Don't forget, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day podcast. Uh, so you can go and continue to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish by saying a massive thank you to you, Duncan, for being so generous with your time. And um, yeah, sharing some of those stories from your life. I really value that and uh, being so much fun to, to spend time with. Thanks for coming on the podcast. No problem. My pleasure, John. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org 
forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in Step Up or Step Out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.